welcome. My name is Mark. My name is also Mark. And welcome to The Marketing Show. Just so we're clear, we're both called Mark. That is correct. Join us each week as we study the principles that make businesses succeed. Each week, we'll dive into a new concept to uncover a new piece of the puzzle. We're a couple of marketing guys who are passionate about the craft and always hungry to learn more. So we're excited to have you along for our learning journey. You can subscribe on all major podcast platforms. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And on today's episode, we'll be learning about everyone's favorite new social network. TikTok. TikTok. Woo! Mark, uh, you and I have uh, been lip syncing and dancing ever since we started researching uh, this new amazing social mm. network. Um, and quite frankly, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I, I'm embarrassed <laughs> for you, actually. I've been following you. It's, uh, it's hard to watch. Oh, it's been, a, it's been a fantastic and creative journey. But while we kick off, Mark, what is TikTok and why is everyone talking about it? Yeah, good question. TikTok is a video sharing social networking service that's primarily used to create short lip syncing videos, comedy videos, and other talent driven videos. I think one of the key call outs for TikTok is it's it's very much driven by content creation and rewarding the creator rather than being a voyeur. So it's sort of flipping the behavior you see on Facebook and Instagram on its head to reward the people who are actually creating the fun stuff. So how did it start and where does it come from? It's a combination of a Chinese app called Douyin, which I might be uh, mispronouncing, and a startup called Musical.ly, which a lot of people have probably heard of it, is, an, is where the lip syncing part comes from. Douyin is an app created by a company called ByteDance, while Musical.ly was another app acquired and then merged them together to make TikTok. It's, it's interesting to note that both Douyin and TikTok are very, very similar. Um, however, TikTok was launched in international markets and it's hosted on separate servers to comply with Chinese censorship restrictions. So although they're really similar, they're almost acting like a A-B test mm. where um, Douyin uh, was first launched in China and it was a smash hit and it reached over 100 million users in, in China in a year since it launched. Wow. And now that TikTok has merged uh, with Musical.ly, uh, ByteDance spent up to a billion dollars to purchase it, which is huge considering their individual uh, valuation. Um, because Musical.ly was so popular with teenagers in the US market, um, Musical.ly uh, was specialized in really similar social media uh, video uh, lip syncing and comedy video content. And they had a huge audio library that they could tap into. And when TikTok merged with Musical.ly in 2018, they created an even larger video sharing community and they merged their existing Musical.ly accounts and data and consolidated it into one app, mm. which is why you might've heard of Musical.ly in the past. And it's also one of the reasons TikTok has experienced really massive growth um, within Western markets within uh, recent times as well. So definitely one to watch and just a really fun app. And we're gonna dive yeah. into some reasons as to why that is later on. The other really interesting thing, I guess what a lot of marketers are curious about with TikTok is that it's drawn a younger crowd. So it's it's 44% of the users of TikTok uh, are between the ages of 14 and 24. So it's a really, really young audience. Uh, and I think it goes hand in hand with the type of content that's being created. It's very much driven by people doing silly things that aren't well thought through, uh, which maybe as you get older, you're less likely to do. We know that video is growing on all social media platforms. And it's cool to see TikTok dive uh, completely into video. And it, they seem to be fulfilling a void that was left by um, a social media platform called Vine. Uh, that is uh, since no longer. And Vine was also a very similar uh, video sharing service which limited people to creating short looping uh, videos of up to six seconds. And that constraint in creating video made them really popular and there's mm. some really cool creative work that came
came out of that. And TikTok seems to be playing within that same space with, I guess, some even more interesting features and uh, opportunities that are mm. available to people on the app as well. So really cool to see that younger generation as well um, stepping into this app as well. So Mark, as we like to do with every episode, why don't you start us off with a quote? Well, interestingly enough, Mark, our quote uh, for this episode is, do it for the vine. Mm. Um, And so that quote uh, is a meme that was really popular on the social media app uh, Vine, which is is no longer. And uh, it was a popular meme that went around where people would uh, say, do it for the vine, and someone would do something outrageous um, and uncanny and often uh, quite funny on the app, which they maybe wouldn't do on other more polished social media sites at the time. And it kind of encouraged people to do really fun and creative and wacky things and show a different side of their personality. Um, and I think it's it's really uh, quite fitting for something like TikTok, which is about to go on that similar trajectory and journey where people are doing and getting really creative with their ideas and doing really fun things, which you wouldn't do on maybe uh, Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn for that matter, um, because it's quite native for the app. Yeah, totally. And I know, Mark, that that's actually your life's motto is to do it for the vine. Look, every day I wake up and I just look into the mirror as I'm brushing my teeth and I just say it at least three times and it just, it, it really primes me for my day. <laughs> a, a good bit of Tony Robbins prime in <laughs> yeah, there, I love exactly it. exactly it. Okay, well, look, let's go through some data and stats on TikTok. So first one I found was uh, TikTok was the most downloaded app in the US uh, as of October 2018 and it was the first Chinese app to achieve this. It's huge. Massive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also know that in February of 2019, TikTok with Douyin hit 1 billion downloads globally. So absolutely huge. Yeah. And according to data portal, TikTok has 500 million active users worldwide right now, which is absolutely massive. It makes TikTok the ninth in terms of social network sites ahead of better known sites like LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, and Snapchat. So it's really up there. And just for a, a spot of context there, it took Instagram six years from launch to gain the same amount of monthly active users that TikTok managed to gain in under three. Building off that, we know that the average time on app is around 52 minutes a day. Um, So that's kind of similar to Instagram and a little bit more than Snapchat, especially for a younger demographic to be spending that much time on an app. They're eating to a massive piece of that social media attention uh, share as well. And off the back of that, specifically in Australia, there's 1.5 million people using the app every month. And open it on average eight times per day. And that's nearly three times as much as they open Instagram and nearly four times as much as they open Snapchat. So people are pulling out their phones and getting into TikTok quite a lot. Yeah, it's cool to see um, people engage with it and also come back to it as such a repeat purchase behavior as well and a repeat engagement, right? Yeah. Now, Mark, uh, on that note, we just want to talk about why TikTok is different to other social platforms as well and why we're really interested in it as well Mm. on the marketing show. So at the moment, TikTok is video in feed only. So it's predominantly built around consuming video content. Uh, Content can easily be shared on other social platforms as well. So TikTok are really aware that, you know, we already have pre-existing social networks that we use every day. So they make it really easy to link to your other platforms. So when you create a TikTok profile and you visit someone's TikTok profile, there's actually already an inbuilt Instagram button, which links to your Instagram account. And they actively encourage uh, you sharing your unique TikTok content to other platforms, which is really cool because it helps them grow their 
user base organically by tapping into other audiences which um, they can just do organically as well. Yeah, it's, it's a really great lead generation uh, scheme and we'll see in the case study at the end of this episode how, how you can really leverage that. 100%. They also encourage the use of the audio meme and that's due to their lip syncing roots. So one of the great things about TikTok is that they have a huge library of audio sounds and uh, audio commentary or singing uh, which people can tap into to use for their videos. And it's quite cool because you could definitely use existing songs to create traditional singing and lip syncing videos, but people are also using commentary of other TikTok videos as audio for new videos. So they kind of create memes within memes just based off audio, which is quite unique on a video only mm. platform as well. They also encourage full screen feed viewing. So when you watch a TikTok video, it takes over your entire phone screen. And we'll talk about this phenomenon and why that's important a little bit later on. But it's interesting when you note uh, video within other platforms such as YouTube or even Instagram, when you're watching video, the first point of call is not to take over your entire screen with video. So when TikTok are using it, it's creating a really, really, really immersive experience. The other thing that's really interesting is that there's no need to create an account to start using the platform. So you can download TikTok as you would YouTube and you can start using and accessing the video straight away, which means that if you're just curious about TikTok and you've heard about it, you can get right into the popular video straight away and they'll start actively optimizing the algorithm to what they think might be popular for you. It's actually quite, quite addictive when you open the app for the first time, you immediately get served up content even though you don't have an account. And as you engage with that content, it will already start optimizing it. So one of the things that I found with TikTok is it's it's not driven by who your friends are necessarily and mm. getting that content. It's just driven about like the most engaging content that they think you'll like based on their algorithm. The other thing about TikTok uh, on top of all those features of the platform itself is, is what distinguishes it from other platforms, the unique features that they have. So there are trends and types of videos that people create, which are sort of coming from TikTok themselves and instructing people to make that kind of content. It's almost like a leaping off point for that creativity. So they have things like reacts and duets, which encourages people to use those features to make you know, duet singing where they can put themselves side by side or side by side with someone else like a celebrity. And reacts, which is like a feature which you can zoom in and show yourself reacting to something that's happened in the video. The other thing that's unique is the way that they use hashtags. They use hashtags on TikTok much more as like a grouping of a trend rather than something that you can use to search for something specific. And then they, they leverage that to do hashtag challenges. So TikTok will actually put out challenges which they want people to create content on, which everyone sort of jumps on together and enjoys each other's content and makes their own. Some other unique features are the, the clone feature, being able to clone yourself and things within your video, and also green screen, which we were chatting about earlier, is, is pretty epic that you can do a really basic green screen video within TikTok very quickly. Yeah, it's really cool to see TikTok tap into making video and creating video content as accessible as possible, which is interesting, right? Because when you look at other video dominant platforms like maybe YouTube, the bars have been set pretty high mm. on YouTube um, and that you want to have really high production quality, you want to have great equipment, you want to have great editing. Whereas with TikTok, they've given you a lot of the tactical tools to help you make a pretty uh, quick and low budget uh, special effects film if mm. you really want to right in the app which makes it even that more fun yeah and at a very young age as well you can start to do that and see if that's something that you're good at and you like so very cool look mark there's a lot of chat about tiktok and we've been through some of the features but why is everyone going crazy about it look it's an interesting point in time for tiktok at the moment and one of the reasons everyone including us at market show just getting really excited by tiktok is that 
it's been a long time in between big apps launching from a social media perspective. So to put this in perspective, Instagram launched almost 10 years ago in October 2010. On top of that, Snapchat launched in 2011. So it's been a long time in between big social media platforms that have launched and have grown communities and followings. So due to their growth phase at the moment and their algorithm selections, within TikTok, everyday people can grow a following almost organically overnight, which is something we haven't come across mm. in a really long time. So if you are creating interesting content, you can build that following really, really quickly, which it's just quite exciting to be a part of and watch. And even as a spectator, Mark, you and I are definitely looking at it thinking, what if we did do a few different TikTok videos and, and how would that go on the platform? Yeah, totally. I'm very excited for our TikTok uh, channel. Uh, but I think it reminds me of being in marketing about four years ago when yeah. it was when we started to see a shift from Facebook rewarding organic content to moving to a pay to play platform and this feels very much like that moment before that happened with Facebook and other social media platforms where it was all about you make something great that people want to engage with you're going to earn reach and we haven't been able to earn reach for a long time so that's why you know I'm really excited about TikTok and and I think you know there's lots of uh negative things that come with new social media platforms. And it's understandable why a lot of brands and even people haven't engaged much yet, as much as they have with other platforms. But I think it's all to come and I think it's all just building up, which again, why it's so exciting at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting that TikTok as well have been really playing to that positioning as well. Like their current lead uh, tagline on their landing page of their English website is uh, make your day real people, real videos. And it's interesting that they've used real twice there within that key tagline. Um, because, you know, we do know that, you know, within the influencer space, it has grown to become something of its own and, and something a little bit more polished within other social media platforms. And it's quite cool just to see that real element of creativity come through. Yeah, I mean, if you do a quick look at the top, uh, influencers or the most followed accounts on say Instagram and then the most followed accounts on TikTok the on Instagram it's mostly celebrities whereas on TikTok I hadn't heard of any of them they're, they're celebrities in their own right now because mm -hmm. of their TikTok following I think the number one has a 33 million people following her but um, but they're, they're it's not being taken over by people who are just famous it's people being rewarded because they're very creative and fun to watch 100%. And on, on top of that note, uh, one of our favorite TikToks that we came across uh, was by a guy called At David Kasprak, uh, who created this really funny TikTok of over 200 Haribo gummy bears singing Adele's Someone Like You. And this played to this really fun meme of an audio soundtrack of Adele singing Someone Like You live in a stadium style concert. <laughs> and what David did is he put one single gummy bear on a little cardboard stage and he zoomed into this one gummy bear singing Adele's portion. And as soon as Adele within this live concert would have turned to the crowd to sing back to, uh, to Adele, he zooms out and you see this entire living room covered of gummy bears singing this really big crowd rendition of the rest of the song. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Like I remember laughing and almost crying laughing, sitting there watching this in my living room. Like it was just really creative and it only took like four seconds. It's so well done and it goes to show for something to be great and creative, it doesn't have to be well-crafted necessarily. Yeah. It was just the way it zooms in on this one gummy bear and you're sort of like, what's going on here? And then it just zooms out <laughs> to this. Like I immediately started thinking about him placing all the gummy bears before <laughs> the video and how funny that would have been. Um, but also delicious after. Yeah, it, would have, yeah. it really would have been a, a rewarding experience to film the video. Totally. Well, look, Mark, that's um, definitely, it was funny actually, that was both of our favorites that we talked about today. But now that we've been through what makes TikTok unique and why everyone's excited, we thought what we could do is, is just give some 
principles or considerations if you're looking to engage in TikTok of what you should be aware of and what you should consider. So the first one I've got is being unpolished and authentic and making sure the content's snackable. So by virtue of the platform only allowing you to have videos up to 15 seconds, you're gonna have short snackable content, which means that you don't wanna spend too much time curating this stuff and making it look perfect. The people who do win on TikTok are people who are just being silly and in the moment. So if you wanna fit in in that place, then you want to be the same. The top users on TikTok are people who are just doing their own thing that's funny with their talent or lip syncing or dancing and, and just being kind of silly. So embrace that as a brand or an influencer and make sure that all of your content fits the environment first. Building off the environment, the actual environment and in-app experience of TikTok is so important for the type of content you create. And a really cool way to think about it is almost to think about the way casinos uh, have been set up in the past and how they encourage gaming within their environments. Uh, and specifically, if you think about the age-old Las Vegas story of removing clocks from the walls of different casinos where people, as they're gambling, may not realize what time it is and what the temperature might be outside or what time of day it is, and therefore be really immersed in in, in the activity that they're doing. It's almost a similar effect that's happening within the app. Because the entire app uh, encourages you to have your sound on and it takes over your entire screen with video content, it actually covers the time and notification bars of your phone that you're using, which is interesting because you can be watching these different videos that are coming up based on an algorithm and completely look up and maybe look up 45 minutes later and not realize how much time mm. has passed, which makes that snackable content so easy because Almost like trying to finish a box of cookies or, or delicious chips, you can just be snacking on this content in this really immersive environment and it really feeds into itself. So really interesting user experience and the way that they've tapped into that, especially for um, the different audiences that are using it. Because the content is so short and snackable, the scrolling experience is seamless as well. So not only does it block out the windows say of your life and the clock, it keeps scrolling so quickly and so easily that it's hard to stop. It's not like there's a point where it's like, oh, it's gonna take 10 minutes to load this, I'm gonna log out. The other thing is that when you open up TikTok for the first time, you'll get served content straight away on your for you screen. So this is things that they think you're gonna like. And it's quite well, tailored to you. So as you start to engage with content, it's pretty smart and starts to serve you things you like. Um, so that's something that just makes it again, hard to get out of and, and quite addictive and keeps people there for so long. Um, I actually did a bit of a look at why is that endless scroll mm. functionality so addictive? And, and the way our brains are wired uh, is to make predictions on what is gonna come next. So if you think about it uh, from an evolutionary standpoint, our brains are trained to understand signs and then think what's gonna come next to protect ourselves. So think about the room starts shaking, that makes us predict that maybe there's an earthquake or a disaster and that we should get out or hide. So that's where it comes from. With TikTok and the endless scroll function, what it's doing is making your brain go, what's coming next, what's coming next, what's coming next all the time, which your brain actually loves. It sends endorphins out. So you're constantly getting these endorphins for um, scrolling and it just keeps going because there's no end to the scroll. Yeah, exactly. Like I think I, I definitely sat on my couch um, when it was uh, sunrise or the, the daylight was out when we started researching this podcast episode. Uh, and then when I looked at my phone to start writing some notes for the podcast, it was dark outside. So I think that in itself- And also a week later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I've lost a lot of weight, but I've consumed a lot of content by sitting there. But yeah, it, it's, it is a really interesting way that they've, they've tapped into that, um, that 
that psychology. And I, I think I find it's really interesting on top of that is that it's really difficult to do something else while consuming TikTok. You know, I feel like my brain has been trained now to use other social media platforms while I'm doing other things. That might be watching TV or speaking to someone mm. if we're, we're doing something at the same time. Whereas with TikTok, you have to be fully immersed in the app and consuming the content to get the most out of it. Um, but who knows, that also might be because it's a new platform and, and we might find ways to multitask with TikTok later on. Yeah, I think, again, it comes back to the content. And if the creator is good, it's content that you will want to watch and not zone out of. So yeah, you'll, you'll definitely focus on it. Cool, so on that note, we've also got some considerations as to how to be thinking about using TikTok as a marketer. So we know it's still very early days, but we've got some key considerations to go off. The first one is about using influencers. Uh, so we do see some influencers that are starting to pop up on TikTok, but the key thing is that working with an influencer on TikTok will be no different than working with an influencer on any other social media platform. So it's really important to remember that when you are working with influencers to make sure you match the right influencer with the right audience and the right product. Uh, just as you would work for doing traditional social media marketing or, or influencer strategies as well. So, you know, if you have a TikToker that is maybe focused on health and fitness, it would make sense that if you're a health and fitness brand to start engaging with them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think with this, influencers is a great way in if you haven't done anything yet with TikTok because it's a little bit lower risk. The other thing is, if you think about people who work in marketing, they, they often have a very perfect view of what their brand should be with you know 100 page brand guideline books and agency crafted pieces of content that they they seed into the market so this might scare some marketers uh, going into TikTok where you have to be quite quick put lots of content out there and it's quite unpolished so influencers again is a great way to sort of remove the risk a little bit and get someone else to talk about your brand in that way someone else is the expert in this space rather than you and a really great example of someone that did this which was guess jeans so guess jeans uh, actually put out a hashtag challenge which was be your best with denim uh, so and it, it challenged people to wear denim and show them being at their best so instead of putting a brand ad out there they actually engaged users through it through a challenge that was relevant to the platform and got other people to do it so i think what it's saying here is that let your brand take a back seat to the content that's being created on TikTok and, and try and be relevant first you could also uh, encourage and, and participate in other trends that are going viral as well. So as you're a brand, you could definitely start uh, different trends, but you could also participate in really low investment means. And the low investment piece is, is the best part here is that you won't need a large production budget to go and shoot any TikTok videos. So just try it, give it a go if, if a certain uh, trend comes out. And one that I, I, I found that was popped into my feed that I thought was doing a really great job of this was actually UNSW, so the University of New South Wales. They've been joining existing hashtag challenges and kind of taking university style spin on it. And I saw this really funny one of um, people doing uh, like a fun walk to a, a, a rapper called Da Baby, and then one of his famous songs at the moment. And it's about how you walk into something versus how you walk out of something. Uh, and they did this really fun one where they got students to walk into class on the, on their first day of, of university um, and what it was like to complete an icebreaker challenge. And they kind of did it in a really self-deprecating and, and really quick and funny way. And they just did it in a standard classroom and it got a lot of great engagement. I just thought that was a really fun mm. way that uh, a more of established brand was doing that from a local level as well. And then on top of that, we also know that it's because it's still early days for TikTok, there are some brands that are popping up that are doing ads on TikTok. And some of the, the key uh, uh, brands 
brands that are doing this well at the moment are mobile gaming apps because they know there's a really clear link between younger people engaging with phones and making a clear link to, to purchase a mobile game potentially on an app store, but also dating apps as well, which, which are positioned to younger people. And the reason they're doing this really well is that when they are doing uh, branded uh, in-feed native videos, uh, that they're combining them with TikTok style content and TikTok style filters and memes. So it doesn't necessarily feel like you're being served an ad mm. um, because especially in this day and age, I don't know about you, Mark, but sometimes when I see a, a branded ad come through, part of my brain can definitely self-select it out and maybe start paying a little bit less attention um, if it's not too creative. And I think TikTok really knows this as well. Uh, and being a new app that's trying to build a following, they're, they're probably still being quite careful as to when and how they test and place ads to drive engagement. So these are brands that are doing it really well where it doesn't necessarily seem like an ad, but still getting great traction. And if you are looking to think about purchasing ads, some of the most common uh, different ads that are coming into TikTok are brand takeovers, uh, different hashtag challenges that you can try to push out there, and Snapchat style 2D lens filters for photos as well. So again, most of those um, are about building the brand community on TikTok and are about brands adding value to that creative community rather than just uh, pushing out messaging as well. Again, I agree. Start with doing something that's relevant for the platform and using the right people and the right challenges and things like that, and then move to your sort of brand paid for placements like takeovers and things. So speaking of examples of who has sort of nailed this and how you can use TikTok to grow a following or potentially push a product or an idea, I've got a case study from the rapper and singer Lil Nas X and his song Old Town Road, which was one of the biggest tracks of 2019. It was a smash. It, um, personally, I know Mark, it made us almost go out and buy uh, three different cowboy hats. Yeah, what do you mean almost? <laughs> Have you not seen my hat? <laughs> uh, so look, this is a really interesting one because TikTok really facilitated the growth of this song and people being able to listen to this song. So I'll give you a little background of, of, sort of how this started. So you've got Lil Nas X who makes the track in his bedroom or in his sister's cupboard, I think it was where he was sleeping at the time. Uh, and he uses a, a beat that he downloads from YouTube uh, and just pays 30 bucks for it and then makes his song over the top and does the singing and the rapping. He then, like anyone would with their own music, tries to seed it out into the world. So he uploads it onto places like YouTube and then he just starts doing memes about it on his Twitter account. So he actually had a meme account, which was quite popular. He starts putting memes out there about the song and some of the lyrics that he used in the song, which was sort of very memeable from the start. Uh, but then what happened, which was amazing, was that the song got picked up by a TikTok influencer and featured on the TikTok influencers page. So this guy, Nice Michael or at Nice Michael broke the track by filming himself dancing and him and his friends dancing dressed as cowboys to the track because they thought it was quite funny and a bit ridiculous. From there, compilations of all of the videos of people who went and did a similar thing to Nice Mike then got compilated together and uploaded to YouTube by a guy called Blissful Minds. And that content got heaps of views of people just doing funny stuff to this song. The song then made its way over to Instagram, appearing in multiple edits of content either taken from TikTok or inspired by the user-generated content from TikTok. And again, it goes back to that feature that you mentioned, Mark, where it's all linked in together. So if you create something on TikTok, you can send it straight over to your other socials. From there, they then officially released the music video for Old Town Road. Uh, and that then sparked a whole new wave of UGC from TikTok, which people were then sharing around and putting on Twitter and everywhere. After that, there was a bit of controversy of the song being on the country billboard charts because it wasn't considered to be proper country music and actually got controversially taken down. 
Then Billy Ray Cyrus stepped in, did a, a new remix with Lil Nas X, uh, and then re-uploaded that content back to TikTok with hashtag Old Town Road Forever. What that was, was a premise challenging people to go and show futuristic scenes where Old Town Road is still the number one track. So Billy Ray kicks it off by posting a video of himself going 30 years in the future and the song still playing as number one. And then everyone just kept doing the same thing, all the weird situations in the future where the song is still number one. That's awesome. So to break it down into why did this work? It played to what people on TikTok liked doing. First of all, Little Nas X made a track that was kind of unique and unusual, which is what kind of works on TikTok, quite creative. So it had this low key banjo riff in it uh, and then heavy bass, which does extremely well because people want to dance to it on TikTok. The other thing is that the artist kept fueling the fire and embraced the UGC. So instead of just putting it out there and then people talking about it a bit, they kept re-uploading challenges like Billy Ray Cyrus did and kept engaging the community and, in, and engaging in it themselves as well to make it cool. When they actually talked to Little Nas X about this, he said that he proactively tried to make the song memeable when he made it. So he had his Twitter page and he, he knew that funny things like talking about his matte black cowboy hat and the boots to match would be very memeable on Twitter. So he actually crafted this from the very get go. And then they used things when they made the video clip after it already become popular on TikTok, including things like Yee Yee Juice, <laughs> which then became its own meme uh, to keep fueling the fire. So really fascinating look at how TikTok has facilitated one of the best songs of 2019. Absolutely, and one of the best parts of this as well is that Lil Nas X has a full studio album now that you can stream on all major uh, streaming sites, and he has some pretty big names on there as well. Mm. Like he's got a song with uh, female rapper Cardi B, who's you know a superstar at the moment. Um, he was able to do that from not having a music creator to having a huge one overnight, which is. Yeah, I think something special about having a new social media platform where you can grow organically again. Yeah. It's, it's really, really exciting to see. And yeah, um, cowboy hats off to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He even had Chris Rock in his video clip. Yeah, awesome. uh, it was so cool. Uh, yeah, and actually they asked him, I saw an interview, they asked him, uh, you know, do you ever feel funny about TikTok using your track on social media and not paying you any royalties? And he said, no, I, I should actually be paying TikTok for the mm. amount of uh, engagement that it got me. So it's really yeah. cool use of it. Yeah, definitely. I think there, there are so many reasons as to why, especially as marketers, we want to keep an eye on TikTok. Um, and one of the best things to do is to, is to um, do some research and, and to keep keep on top of it, but also to start just using the platform as well. Mm. So I think the more we kind of use the platform and, and get a sense for the com community firsthand, uh, hopefully the more we'll understand the means and uh, we can uh, keep posting awesome TikToks in our marketing show uh, TikTok page in the future. 100%. Well, Mark, um, as always, we know that as to be great marketers, we need to be interested in the world and, and stay constantly curious and learning. So on that note, what have you found interesting this week? I've got one that has uh, helped me improve the productivity of my life, and I hope that it can help others. So it's an article and instructional guide called How to Configure Your iPhone to Work for You, Not Against You. So uh, the premise of this is that your iPhones are there meant to be a utility for us, to make our lives better, to make us more productive and have overall better, more rounded lives. But actually what ends up happening is people spend a lot of time on their iPhone. And this might be controversial after talking about TikTok and spending lots of time on TikTok, but what this article is, is a list of rules that you can go through and action if you want to on your phone to help the phone work for you. So as a quick example, things like, uh, 
putting on the nighttime settings on your phone so you don't get notifications when you're meant to be sleeping uh, would be one. Or they have recommendations on what you should set your phone background to be based on what you're trying to achieve. So you could use your background to be uh, to give you a reminder of what your values are by having a quote on it, or you could just have it as black so it doesn't distract you uh, when you look at it and it's less attractive to go and open it. There's hundreds of these and you can pick and choose the ones that work for you but i went through it and chose some that worked for me like putting certain apps into certain folders on second pages for ones i don't want to be distracted by setting certain times of when i want to interact with certain social media apps so you don't just waste time scrolling uh, and i found it really helpful so if you want to find the article we can link it in the show notes uh, but it's on medium.com uh, it's written by Coach Tony, who's a kind of medium influencer. Uh, and it's under a group called Better Humans, which is all about being more productive and better versions of ourselves. So yeah, really, really cool article has helped me a lot. And I hope that if anyone who has a New Year's resolution about screen time or reducing their reliance on their phone, uh, that this might be helpful to them. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Definitely something I'll, I'll check out after this podcast as we go into the new year because I know I could definitely use some uh, decluttering on my phone as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see uh, different cool rules you can take when you when you, when you you take a step out and, and start to think about something you're using almost automatically. Mm. Um, and special shout out to Medium as a platform. There's yeah. some really cool content on there. It's really thought provoking. So yeah. Yeah, really well curated content. Uh, on that, Mark, what have you found interesting? Well, Mark, it's it's off a little bit of a different route, but we've uh, we've just um, gone through the Christmas period here, and um, because of that, I've I've made a connection between uh, Christmas and eating quite a lot of ham um, mm. or at Christmas time, as you do over the dinner table. Um, however, I came across a, a really interesting uh, point recently, uh, which is that cured meats have actually been labelled as a stage one carcinogen by the World Health Organization. So quite an alarming statistic that I heard overheard at the at the dinner table. So I did a little bit more digging into this, um, and it was commissioned. It was by, found that a report commissioned by the World Health Organization uh, said that 50 grams of processed meat a day, so less than two slices of bacon or ham increase the chance of dealing colorectal cancer by 18%. So pretty significant. And uh, that means that the World Health Organization actually placed uh, cured meats in the, the same category as plutonium, um, and but also um, as alcohol as well, which is quite interesting. Uh, so Professor Tim Key from the Cancer Research in UK and also University of Oxford has said that the dish, this the decision uh, doesn't mean you need to stop eating any uh, processed meat, but if you eat lots of it, you want to be might want to think about cutting down. So, Christmas period, um, ate a fair bit of ham, um, but I think understand that statistic made me think a little bit more about my diet choices and things going into the new year. Um, but yeah, quite quite an interesting and an alarming statistic to think about. So, uh, I think uh, the way I'll, I'll view that eating habit in the future is definitely a little bit more of a treat. Um, and maybe less of a staple going into the, into the new year. So good to definitely enjoy sometimes the celebratory occasions, maybe something to be a little bit more conscious of as to what, what role it plays within uh, the food pyramid in, in 2020. So I think things like this are really important to be aware of because there are things that are bad for us and are instantly recognizable as being bad for us, like smoking. Like yeah. if you smoke, you sort of, you instantly have a flavor in your mouth, which probably isn't a positive one. There's a lot of signs from your body, coughing, things like that, that it's not good for you. Whereas with meat and even with alcohol to an extent in that same bucket it's actually hard to see the negative effects uh, until it gets longer term and it's almost too late so being aware of something like uh you know this potential risk of, of things like ham and cured meats is 
is I think just a good one to have a back in your of your mind because I have to admit like I've never really thought about it that much but I, I wouldn't know if I eat a lot or, or a little it's it's sort of just something that you don't think about Ethan and, and the fact that um the World Health Organization were the ones that, that called it out mm. I think really was who? the one uh, the who <laughs> uh, they were the ones that definitely uh, made me yeah think and question the decision and I think that all things will be uh, best in moderation um, and it's just a, a good thing to keep in mind to, to make sure it stays in moderation uh, throughout throughout the year going forward as well so yeah, great yeah really interesting yeah nice one well guys as always thank you for listening to the show if you enjoyed being a part of our learning journey don't forget to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts it really will help us uh, spread our learning journey to many more people to come thank you very much